Obviously, the first end of the year. Yes, amen. And, and uh, it is a time as we get into, going to be getting into the Word of God of reflection, as we all do think about uh, the last year, maybe year and a half. We think about what's gone by, what's, what's past. And, you know, some of the plans, some of the goals that we thought or that we set for ourselves uh, in the beginning of, of last year, uh, the time is to ask the question, where are we now? What have we accomplished with regard to those goals and those plans that maybe we set last year at this time? And the question we have to ask ourselves is, how well did we do? Uh, how far did we get with those goals? How far did, did we get in accomplishing some of the plans that we set out? Did we succeed in those things that we set out to do? Or uh, did we find ourselves coming up short? But the good thing about a new year, that it's a fresh time, it's a, fresh, a time to get a fresh start, to wipe the slate clean, if that's the case, and start over once again. Don't you thank God for second chances? Amen. Thank God we all have had God in our lives, given us in some way, shape, or form second chances when it comes to serving Him, or even when it comes to trying to accomplish uh, a goal that we have set maybe didn't come to pass uh, at the, the first time, God gives us a time to set new goals, to make new plans, and to work on the ones that maybe are still there that need to be accomplished. A fresh start. So the question then again is, what, are, what kind of plans are we making? What kind of goals are we setting? Are they goals for the kingdom of God? Are they plans to, to become better men and women of God? Because as we serve the Lord, and as for us as Christian men and women, we have to ask ourselves a question, what will we do differently than we did last year? What can we do differently to accomplish the, uh, the goals or the plans that we set that maybe we didn't finish? What can we do differently? So I want to take a look at God's Word this morning out of the book of Deuteronomy. And I just simply entitled this sermon, New Year's Plan. Because we all need to have plans for the coming year, this year. It's the first Sunday, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's sometimes we get caught up and we don't get moving. We give it a few months, three months, and before you know it, the years pass and we haven't accomplished anything. So simply, we need to have a plan for the new year. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I'll be reading out of the uh, message version. <clears throat> Starting with verse 8. And you will make a new start, listening obedient, obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God, will outdo himself in making things go well for you. I like that part. You all have, uh, you'll have babies? No, I'm not so sure about that part. You'll get calves, you'll grow crops, and enjoy an all-around good life. Yes, God will start enjoying you again, making things go well for you, just as he enjoyed doing it for your ancestors. But only... Everybody say, but only. But like we do with our kids. But only when they say they want to go do, buy something. 
but only if you listen obediently to God, your God, and keep the commandments and regulations written within his book of Revelation. Nothing half-hearted here. You must return to God, your God, totally, heart and soul, holding nothing back. Man, I think about God's word here and what he promises to do, how he promises to bless, how he promises to, to, to help us be fruitful and to be blessed and to grow and to prosper, and how he is going to uh, do it well. He's out going to do himself. And there are the qualifiers that are there. He mentions twice at the beginning of this text and towards the end. He said, listen obediently to God, keeping all his commandments. And then he says, but only if you listen obediently to God and keep his commandments. And so what he wanted to do is to make sure we understand what it's going to take to be fruitful, to, to grow, to prosper in, in your plans, in your goals. It's going to take listening, and I mean really listening to God's word when, when you read it, when, when it is spoken to you. And make sure that you apply God's word in your life after you've listened and after it's been spoken to you. Apply it to your life. God says, then I will bless you. But you have to do it with all your heart and soul holding nothing back, it says. How many know many times we hold back from serving God? We hold back part of our heart. We hold back part of our commitments. We hold back part of, part of our, our desire when it comes to the things of God, and we spread it out into other places. And God says, I don't want anything half-heartedly here, nothing. It all needs to come completely and fully with a, with a heart to love and to serve and to uh, 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 let God be Lord of our lives. And when we do that, he said, it, things will go well with us. So, in the area of your relationship with Jesus Christ, has it deepened, has it, has it grown? Has it developed more, or has it remained the same? Maybe has it gone down? How about in your marriage relationship, if you're married here this morning? Has, if you wanted to work on that, has it developed, has it grown, or has it remained the same or even gotten worse? You made goals concerning ministry, getting involved in ministry, Serving other people, how are those how how have those plans gone? Have have they come to fruition? Have they prospered or are they still on the back burner waiting to be developed? We have to ask ourselves these questions. Because we've all made goals and we've all had plans last year that we wanted to see improvement in our lives, didn't you? I hope we have. And we need to be real and begin to look inside, introspect, and look what is going on. Have we accomplished those things? What do you see God doing in those areas of your life, in your marriage, 
in your walk with the Lord, in your commitment to ministry, or your, your commitment to your family? How is that going? It's God's desire for us to grow, to prosper. We read that throughout the Word of God. His plans for us are good things to prosper, to be blessed, not to harm us. And we'll never experience those plans come to fruition unless we set ourselves and determine our, in our hearts uh, that we're going to serve God wholeheartedly, listening to God's Word wholeheartedly, and obeying God's Word wholeheartedly. We will just wander through life. Unless we do that, we'll wander through life aimlessly, never accomplishing or experiencing the success God wants to bring to us. This new year will be Nancy and my 47th year serving God at New Harvest Christian Fellowship. 47 years. And I'll tell you, through those 47 years, I guarantee you, we have made plans. We have had and established goals for our lives and for our family and ministry. And through those 47 years, I can stand here today and tell you God has never let us down when it came to the will of God for our lives. When our, our planning, our decision-making was based upon the will of God, not our will, but the will of God, God always came through, and as our text said, he prospered us, babies and all. Even when we were 40 years old, here comes another, my beautiful daughter in the balcony, our 40-year-old blessing, or my other beautiful daughter in the balcony, our second born, a beautiful son uh, before that. You know, God blessed us with, with all the, 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 the fruitfulness that he promised to bring into our lives in the will of God, in God's will. And, and some folks wonder, well, you know what? That never happens to me, and how come I, I never get that? But see, how do you make your plans? What kind of planning do you do? We all, we all we live in a secular world. We get it. We all want to be blessed. We all want, we all want the good things that, that the world has to offer. I understand that. We're human. But I guarantee you, those things will never come to you if you put those first and God's will second. It's as simple as that. I can tell you that after 47 years of, of, of serving the Lord in different aspects of ministry and in different walks of, 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 of life, growth, etc., that unless God is first, and there have been times when we haven't put God first in our lives and we've seen the difference. And so thank God that here the new year, 2022, that we can come and begin to evaluate where we are and what's taking place in these areas of our lives. Number one, God says what's going to contribute to your success is simply obedience to God, vision and obedience to God. We have to have a vision. What is your vision for your life in the things of God? We have our vision for our lives in the secular world. We have our jobs, careers, if that's the case. If you're going to school, those things that you want to accomplish and, and so on and so forth, we get that. But yet, what is your vision for your life 
in Christ. You have to have that. That has to be, that has to be being formulated. That has to develop in your life. And when you f- find that vision, then it's going to take obedience to accomplish it. Proverbs 29, the scripture we always use. And we, and we know in, in verse 18... And, it, and it, it speaks to us. And it says, without a vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. With no vision, there, 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 there's no, no guidance that when someone is, or something is unrestrained, it is just loose to do whatever it wants to. You ever, you ever uh, have a hose that you turn it on, and, and the full blast, and you have that little thing at the end, you know, and it starts to whip around. You know, it just goes, and you're ducking and trying to get a hold of it. You've seen, you've seen cartoons with that. You've some, it's even happened to some of us. See, that's the way a life is, unrestrained, without God's guidance, without obedience to the Word of God in order to reach our desired goals. And our text said it, there needs to be not half-hearted, but wholehearted obedience to God. When it's talking about unrestrained, it means that we'll let go of God's principles. We'll let go of God's values and, 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 and vision for our lives, and we'll step out of that and just walk through life aimlessly believing that it's going to be okay and God's still going to bless us and God's still going to help us. But I have to stand here this morning and say, when we step out of the will of God, when we are unrestrained when it comes to the Word of God and obedience to God's Word, we're on our own. We're saying, God, I don't need you. God, you know, what, what, what you say may be secondary. What I want to do is primary. And with that kind of mindset, we'll never expect the blessing of God as he said he's going to bring it. We'll step out of the protection that God has for us when we're unrestrained. Without a vision for God in your life, that's what happens. But when we obey and we listen to the word of God, our relationship with Jesus, because that's what we talked about, our, 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 our marriages, our families, our, our giftings that we have in the things of God, they'll begin to prosper and they'll begin to grow as the Word of God says, simply because we're listening and we're obeying to the vision that God has placed in our lives. What do we need to do this morning if, as, as we sit here? What are your plans that you've prepared? Have you sat down and made plans as a Christian man or woman for this coming year? Or is it just, que sera, sera, whatever, as the term says today. God expects for us, number one, to have a proper perspective for our life. In other words, how do you view your life? How do you view life in general? Someone said life is like a taxi. The meter keeps on ticking whether you're getting somewhere or just standing still. I've been in traffic in a taxi, and uh, the meter in, 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 in London, when you come from the airport, and the traffic is horrendous there, and when you get to a certain point, get into a hotel, 
you just sit in traffic and you want to tell the guy, can you shut the meter off? But it doesn't work because that meter keeps turning and keeps charging and charging until you get to your destination. There have been times when I've gotten out of the taxi and I've walked because it was so bad. And I'm using that illustration to, to explain that some folks' vision of their life is like, you know, no big deal. I got forever to make plans. I, I'll make plans when I'm 35, when I'm 50, I'll start planning. Let me give you a news flash. When you wake up and look in the mirror, it's already 60. When you wake up and look in the mirror, you're not, you're not 25 anymore, you're 40. So how do you view your life? Whose perspective are you looking from? Listen to James chapter 4 and verse 13. Too many times throughout these 47 years that Nancy and I have been serving the Lord, we've seen people who have failed to plan their lives around the things of God, failed to allow God to be the center of their family, their marriage, their giftings. And no longer are, are, are they serving God. No longer have, were, were they able to, to stand and, and later, years later, say, I'm blessed. Because they viewed life as no big deal. I'll do it mañana, tomorrow. James chapter 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it commits sin. And what God is talking about, or James is talking about, is our approach to life. How do we view life that it's going to be forever? I'm going to be here forever, and I'm going to have time to, to serve God and accomplish God's will, you know, etc. and so on. But life is a mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. We know that, especially these past couple of years have we seen that. And so the question is, what's more important He says, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or do that. In other words, let it be God's will that we make our plans around God. What is your will for my life? What is your will for our marriage? What is your will for my, my family and, 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 and service to you? What is your will? What's more important, building our lives for ourselves and for things that are here today and gone tomorrow? Or building for God and His kingdom, which is eternal. We all have to make those choices in our lives. And again, I say, yes, God has given us the responsibility as men and women to take care of our families. That means we have to work. That means we have to put food on the table. It means we have to do what we have to do as, as responsible Christian men and women. But yet, what, what needs to obviously be in the mix there is the will of God and God's plans where we all have to decide 
priorities and what is more important when it comes to eternity. We all have to face the issue of standing before the Lord and give account for our lives. Paul writes in Romans 14, 12, so then each of us shall give account of himself to God. And it says that anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it commits sin. Wrestling with God. God, I know this is your will. I know this is what you want for my life, but I, I, I'm just not ready. I don't want to do it. I'll do it tomorrow, next year, next month, whatever the case might be. The Bible says when we know what we should be doing and, and not doing it, he calls it sin. And we have to be careful that in our planning for this year, that we do not neglect the will of God, that we do not neglect God's plan and purpose for our lives. In the few short years of our lifespan, we'll have to stand before God and let Him know what we have accomplished for Him and His kingdom. What are the areas then this morning as we plan and prepare. Are we being obedient to the vision? As Paul said, we were not disobedient to the vision that God placed in our lives. That are we being obedient to the vision of God's will for your life? We, can, we all have to answer that question at one time or another. And so that means that we have to set goals. Goals in our life. In Luke 14 and verse 28 through 30, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. What kinds of goals have you set for your life spiritually? We set goals materially. Save enough money to buy a house. Save enough money to get a new car. Save enough money to get my nails done, my hair done, my, my toes trimmed, my, my ears pushed back, whatever the case might be. But how about for the things of God? What kind of goals are we setting for the Lord. I think about the goals Nancy and I have set through these 47 years in serving the Lord. God has allowed us to accomplish probably most of the goals in our life because we put God first, as I said before. The goals for ministry that we've set every time we went to Pioneer Church and started a church, there were goals that we set wanted to reach and each time God allowed us to reach those goals goals because we put him first in our lives each and every time one of the major goals that that uh, when we built this building I think about when we started to to pick up finances for for this building project 
That was a big goal. That was one of the bigger goals that we set for not only our lives as pastors, but for the ministry. And because we never stopped reaching people, we never stopped uh, uh, evangelism, we never stopped the will of God, doing the will of God and prioritizing God for this church, God met those goals of reaching the finances to build this beautiful facility. Without any problem, God did that. Then the next big goal uh, after we, we, we built this building was to fill it <laughs> and to get people to come in. And God started bringing people in and God brought people in and God started filling it. Then we set a new goal. And we said, okay, we're going to have a second service. And we started that, we set that goal. And when we had our second, the first time we started a second service, I think there were like nine people there. And God said, well, so much for that goal, forget it. That was, that was a dumb goal. But you know what? We kept pushing through because we believed God was going to reach and fill the building. And God filled it and God started to grow the second service and bring more people in. And so through each step and phase of our lives as pastors, that as we stepped out in faith, because it's going to take faith in obedience to the will of God, listening to God's word, that's going to help us be successful in the goals that we make for the things of God. God wants to bless our goals personally. He wants to bless your goal. You want to buy a house, you want to buy a car, you know, Whatever the case might be, that's fine. God wants to bless that. But first, prioritize what's most important in your life. It's important that you have goals, strategy, and planning. Planning is so critical. You know, when this building was built, it wasn't to say, okay, well, uh, what do you think? Uh, put a wall here, put a wall there. Where do you think a window ought to go? Oh, well, how about over there in the corner? Didn't happen that way. There had to be plans made, a bunch of plans made for every area of this facility before anything was done, before a hole was dug. There were plans made. And too many times we as Christians, we fail to sit down, as the scripture says, count the cost and pray about what goals we're setting. Pray about what we want to accomplish for the things of God. So important. The famous quote, people don't plan to fail, they just fail to plan. And it's so true when it comes to Christianity that we don't sit down and, and really pray as we're, we're having this 21 days of prayer and fasting. What is that all about? To keep you hungry? To get you to lose the weight you put on it on, on Christmas and New Year's? No. It's so that we can sit down, pray, get a hold of God, begin to plan. God, what is it uh, that you want to accomplish in our lives and in this church? What is it that you want to help us accomplish for your kingdom uh, this year? That's what this 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about. It's about strategically getting a hold of God and allowing God to show us His will for our lives and for this church. It's the same for you as an individually. 
as you get involved in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, begin to pray and let God, not only you get a hold of God, but let God get a hold of you and begin to show you what needs to change, what needs to be done differently than you, than you did last year, differently this year. What are the areas that are holding you back from accomplishing those goals in your life that you set? So goals should be written down. Write them down. Write down these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Each, each, each time, each day that you start, write something down. This is the goal for this year. It's important that you do that. So that you don't forget, what was I praying about? Because the older you get, the more you forget. <laughs> Write it down. And you can look back and say, this is what I'm praying for. This is the goal that I've set. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. Whether it's personal or for ministry. Mark it down. This is the goal that I have for ministry. This is the goal personally that I'm setting for my marriage, for my family, for my finances. I'm going to get out of debt. This is what I'm going to do. That's part of planning. That's part of accomplishing. That's part of purpose. When you, you read the, the Word of God from the building of the tabernacle to the building of the ark to the tabernacle and everything after that, there was always planning taking place. God is a God that makes plans. How do I know that? Because he has plans for your life. The scripture says so, doesn't it? He said, I have plans for you. He said, goals for you. He has things he wants you to accomplish. God has written him down for us. So how much more should we? Be specific. How many know God's word is specific? God's word is specific. When, it's, when, when you read it, it specifically speaks to you. Too many times we read God's word and we say, boy, this is good for my wife. This one's good for my husband. This is for my kids right here. This is for that knucklehead at work. No. It's specifically for us. When you write down a goal, let it be for your life specifically to help you in an area, have a target, and then be positive. Be positive. Set positive goals. This year, my goal is, you know what? I hate to say it, but sometimes we're so negative. When we set goals, ah, nah, forget that one. Nah, nah, forget that. That God will never do that. Nah, forget that. And we're so negative when it comes to setting goals. Hey, Believe God's word. God, God owns the cattle in a thousand hills. He, he owns all the gold and the silver. He is God Almighty. What goal do you want to set in your life? God will help you accomplish it in his will. For his purpose, God will do that. This was a huge goal when we built this building. I'm believing God for a school. That's a goal that we want for this, this ministry. That's one goal. We want a school. School that gets shut down, we want grass. Pray for grass for our school. 
And I'm believing God for that. God's going to give us a school. And when, when we stand firm and in the promises of God and we set goal and we're positive and specific, God will bring that to pass according to his will and his purpose. I believe God wants us to have a good school. We have a fantastic facility, but it, we could do more for our kids. And so we're believing God for that. And I'm just sharing that with you. You can help pray and fast for that to take place. You see, when we plan, let me just clarify as I wind this down. We're not trying to manipulate God. God, here are my plans. All right? So, da, 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 da. This is what you need to do. No. A plan is simply to keep us moving forward. It's to, to help us continue in our faith in God's word, in, in, the, in, in those areas that we're believing God for. That, and when you write things down and you're specific and, it, and, it's, and it's there and it's positive, it's, it's a motivator. But plans change, don't they? How many have had your plans change this year? We all have had plans change this year, especially in the things of God. Paul had his plans changed in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He was going to go uh, uh, visit the Corinth church twice. Once when he got there, then he was going to go to Macedonia, then he was going to come back uh, to Corinth and, and, and spend more time with them, but he said it didn't work out. God had a different plan. So plans aren't to manipulate God. Plans are for us to help us be motivated. Then you need to prioritize. Prioritize what needs more attention in your life. Your goal, a new car or a better marriage. Sadly, some people say a new car. I get, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. What, what means more to you? Prioritize. Marriage, finances, relationship with Jesus Christ. Because without a secure relationship with Jesus Christ, any plan, any, any strategy you have isn't going to come to fruition. It's not going to make it. It's not going to happen. So the first plan we need to do, obviously, is to prioritize getting our life right with Jesus and keeping it on the right track. That's what we need to do first and foremost. And then we can move on to the next areas that need attention. And then develop, develop an overcomer mentality. I want our music group to make the way up this morning. And oh, a positive mentality, a more than conqueror mentality. See, because last year, maybe there were some failures. Maybe there were some hiccups. Maybe some things didn't go right. Maybe things just plain old fell apart. Maybe things got worse than better. Those goals just blew up. You can't let that stop you. You can't let that keep you back from moving forward in the things of God. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, Brothers, I do not count myself to have attained or apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Paul said he knows that there are still things in his life that could be better, that he has not yet achieved, goals have not yet been reached, 
Maybe his life circumstances uh, have not, are not what he wants them to be in, in Christ. But he says, you know what? Those things are behind me. I'm not going to look to those things anymore. I'm looking forward, ahead. Paul was determined to allow God to finish what he started in his life. And he would not let anything stop it. When you read Romans 8:31, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And he goes through a myriad of issues that he speaks about that life brings assaults and, 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 and things that come to bring turmoil. But he says, and he finishes the scriptures, and he says, but we are more than conquerors. Through all these things that will come against us, uh, we are more than conquerors. Co Paul had an overcomer mentality. And that's what we need to develop in our lives. The price for success is perseverance and determination. Proverbs 24, 16, no matter how many times you trip them up, God-loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up on their feet while the wicked end up flat on their faces. That's the message version. I like that version. God-loyal people, I believe you're God-loyal people this morning. And I believe that you want God's will for your life and that you want goals that you set to be fruitful and to come to pass. Developing an overcoming mentality means moving forward even when you're tired so that you can say, you know what? I didn't quit. I didn't stop. Maybe I didn't achieve what I wanted to last year, but I'm looking ahead like the Apostle Paul says, I'm looking forward to the new things that God has for me this year. I'm looking forward to the blessings and fruitfulness that God has for my life this year. Why? Because Paul depended on the Lord. Paul depended on the Lord. He said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, but in Christ Jesus is where our sufficiency lies. By ourselves, we're going nowhere. We're accomplishing nothing. But with Christ, we can do all things through Him and accomplish all things and reach our goals through Him when we trust in Him. As we bow our heads for a few moments,